Okay, so once again, good evening. My name is Dori Locke, and I have the pleasure of hosting the SIZE Seminars monthly conference call. And tonight we have a special guest, as we've been uh, telling you the last uh, few weeks. And we are so excited to have this guest speaker with us this evening. I'm really looking forward to what he has to share with our graduates tonight. So let's start off by what I want to do is I want to kind of tell you a little bit about why we decided to go with um, a, a special kind of secret guest. As some of you on the call know, um, and likely many of you on the call have attended Principia in the past, um, one of the things that Jane Wilhite and Janessa Wilhite and her team, what they do is they put together this group of just amazing speakers that you come in and they take the graduates to a completely different level. And they keep it secret. <laughs> One of the things they do, even from the staff, we don't even know until we get to the ranch uh, for our meetings who is actually going to be coming to Principia that year. So in keeping with that theme, that's what we decided to do was bring on a special guest who has, in fact, um, been on the stage at Principia before, and he is going to be sharing with graduates and guests that are on the call tonight. So, drum roll, <laughs> I have the pleasure of welcoming Mr. Matt Boggs to our call this evening. And Matt has dedicated his life to increasing love in the world, one heart at a time. He is the best-selling co-author of Project Everlasting, Two Bachelors Discover the Secrets of America's Greatest Marriages, and the creator of Cracking the Man Code. He's produced a critically acclaimed documentary film and hosted his own radio show entitled The Bachelor Pad, Relationship Secrets from the Man Cave, and has appeared on dozens of national media venues including The Today Show, CNN Headline News, Fox News, CNN Showbiz Tonight, ABC Family, Oprah and Friends XM, The Hallmark Channel, and The Style Network, to name a few. As a highly sought-after speaker, relationship coach, and certified life success consultant, Matt has helped people all over the world create relationship breakthroughs and attract the love they want. And not only is Matt all of these wonderful things that I've described, he is also a Psy graduate himself. He completed his basic 10 years ago, and when we were talking about this, um, in fact, it was 10 years ago, September 11th weekend. He moved on to Psy 7 in 2002 and MLS in Principia in 2007. And I'm so grateful and have the pleasure of welcoming Mr. Matt Boggs to the call tonight. Yay, Dory. Thank you for that great introduction. Thank you for having me on this call. And I'm energetically reaching out and connecting to everyone, connecting to you as the listener on this call. This, uh, I get a chance to do a lot of speaking around the, the nation and sometimes internationally even. And, and uh, when I got the invitation to, the, to do this call, I was like, heck, yeah, I'm doing this call. This is great. And uh, it very much feels like coming home. You know, I'm sure many people have that feeling when they when they plug back into Psy. You know, it feels like coming home, and and it's a great privilege and an honor because I know uh, the quality of person that we're all gathering with tonight. So, so it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And you know what I'd love, Matt, is if you'd tell the callers 
um, a little bit about your size story. Share with them how you got here. Sure. My, uh, my mom basically called me up one day and said, you're going to this. <laughs> I was like, what is it? And she said, it'll be good for you. Trust me, for those uh, who uh, – some of you may know who I am and, and follow my story, but I'm sure many of you do not. My, my mother is Mary Morrissey, and she's actually spoken at Principia in the past. Uh, but she's a, an author and a coach and a speaker. And, and so I was uh, in my early 20s, and she said, you're going to this thing. And I said, all right, fine. And she had, she had not steered me wrong too many times in the past when it came to events, so I came pretty open-minded to the basic. And uh, it just so happened to be the weekend of September 11th. And there was probably a large percentage of people didn't show up because of September 11th and not being able to travel and, and reach Portland, Oregon at the time. And I can remember having gone through a lot of personal growth at, uh, at that moment growing up in the family that I did, Paul Skoke was my facilitator, and he, <laughs> he was great. He said uh, early in the, in the training of the weekend, he said, you know, how many of you feel like it's going to be a challenge for you to, to stretch? Like you really don't feel like you're going to be stretched here this weekend. So he said something to that effect, and I remember raising my hand and standing up, and I said, well, you know, I, I'm sure that what you guys do here is impressive and amazing, um, but as far as being uncomfortable, you know, I've, I've done a lot of seminars in the past, and I've gone to a lot of trainings, and I've done the thing where the, the dyads, where you look in each other's eyes, and you talk, and you do this stuff, so I'm feeling like, you know, I feel like I'm, I don't know how uncomfortable I'm really going to be. I'm going to play full out, but I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be. Cut to, you know, the day before we're graduating, and I know that I'm being called my, you know, inside of myself, my highest self is calling me to get up on stage and, and share a, an insight, an awakening, a breakthrough that I had, and I didn't want to share it. And so my knees were shaking, and I got up on that stage and talked about um, what a looking good complex I had. Always wanting to look good in front of people, and always wanting to have it figured out in front of people, and and how much that cost me in my relationships, how much that cost me um, in my romantic relationships too, not just with family and friends, and and uh, and and having all this resistance to to sharing that, of course, because the program was firing, and just crying on stage, and it was just so funny. You know, he came up to me and afterwards, put his arm around me, and said. You know, not going to get uncomfortable, eh? <laughs> it was great. And that's, you know, I'm sure like everyone on the call, you've all, you, many of you have had those moments and, um, and have and had extreme breakthroughs and, and such, such powerful work as I does. So I did, uh, I did that work in 2001, September. And then that same year, maybe early the next year, I went to size 7. And it was at Psy 7 that, uh, that I got an idea. Really, I had the idea before, but um, it, was it was really committed to at Psy 7. It was, it was in a place of where I felt fully connected, fully aligned, and I said, you know what, this is what I want to create for my life. And it was to write, you know, I'm an author and a speaker and a teacher, and to my core, I am a teacher. That's what I'm called to do. Like, you know, I'm sure you on the call, you 
you have something that that feels good when you do it. Either you know this calling or you don't. But but uh, when you're in that particular groove, you feel turned on and everything is clicking. When I'm teaching, that's it for me. And I knew that I needed to teach on a bigger stage than high school. I'm I'm actually a certified high school biology teacher, and I wanted to write and I wanted to talk about love, something that I believed was the most important calling we could all aspire to is to learn how to give and receive love better. So uh, after Psy7, I decided to enroll my best friend into this project, and we went. It was also inspired by my grandparents because I grew up in a family that was divorced. My parents divorced after 27 years of marriage. Within three weeks of them splitting up, uh, both sets of my aunts and uncles divorced, and we were all we all lived on this family farm and worked this farm together up in Oregon. And uh, and so it was like a relationship marriage bomb exploded on the farm. I was 14 years old, and and so that really shook me and 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 how I viewed relationships. So after seeing my grandparents' marriage and being like, you know, holy crap, 63 years and they're still crazy in love with one another. That's what I want in my life. How do I attain that? So I wanted to research and interview couples all over the country and how they created these lifelong love stories. So after size 7, I enrolled my, uh, my best friend, and we went to work. And we started, we started interviewing couples. And, and, uh, and Dory, I'm not sure if you want me to go right into this now, but I thought the, the biggest way that I could be of service to tonight, is, that's always the question I begin with, is, is how can I serve? How can I really give you information that you can take and apply to achieve what it is that you want in your life? And I thought, you know, there were really three principles that helped me tremendously in achieving my dream of being an author and a speaker. And uh, I wanted to give you what those three principles are tonight. And I'm a big student of Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. And so uh, these principles actually come out of that book. So um, I, I'm more than happy to launch into that uh, teaching unless there's other questions, Dory, that you wanted to, to cover first. No, I would love for you to share that. The only thing I would want to uh, tell the callers is don't forget that once uh, Matt finishes teaching, we are going to open up the lines and he will be answering questions live. And in addition, we will be taking questions off of our Facebook page. So if you get an opportunity, you'll want to go to facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars. And I know we have someone that will be answering those questions and bringing those to us. And um, we would love to get started with you, Matt. And I am absolutely looking forward to it. I have pen and paper in hand. Look at that. We can all be <laughs> so proud of Size Seminars getting with the social media. I love Facebook.com. Exactly. Last seminars. I I love that. You guys are doing great work. You know, you've got a lot going on and and um and so I also appreciate you hosting these calls because, you know, like me we can all it's you know, my job tonight is to pour into you as much as possible and it's great to have these filling stations, you know, where I go to places where I can just receive and soak up and focus on my business and focus on, you know, what's next for me, what's my next big step. So let's start by taking a deep breath and bringing ourselves to this present moment. Go ahead and take a deep breath in. And exhale.
and feel a wave of gratitude for all the blessings you have in your life. As we recognize that gratitude is the vibration that's harmonious with abundance. Gratitude for our bodies, our health. Gratitude for the relationships we have in our life. For every person calling in around the world, dialing in on this call here tonight, unified by a collective consciousness. Gratitude for all of the prosperity in our lives, all of the opportunity for us. Another deep breath in. And exhale. Go ahead and shake off any stress. This is your moment to just focus on yourself, your business, whatever your main goal would be. And I want to acknowledge you because you have lots of options which you can spend your time. You know, you could be out exercising, watching TV, relaxing, hanging with friends, and you're choosing to pour into yourself tonight. So to set the intention, I have two questions for you. Number one, uh, what would you like to leave this call with? If this call could be a perfect 10 for you, this call could be a perfect 10. It was like the best call you could ever imagine. What would you get out? What would you create for yourself on this call? And then the second question I have for you is what, what do you want? What's the next step for you? And I'm going to ask, I'm asking you to choose something because the three principles I'm going to share with you tonight, I want you to, this isn't, this is an act, active call. I want you to actually apply these principles to your life, to this particular dream or goal. So what is it that you want? It might be, it might be to accelerate your business. It might be to attract a relationship. It might be to have a healing. It might be to you know, manifest money, whatever it is. What's the next big goal for you? And I want you to get clear on that, on that intention. What does that look like for you? Because this call is all about accelerating results. And so I had a goal to, to write this book that would inspire people who had grown up like I did, who had never seen what a lifelong love story looks like, who didn't get that example from their parents. And I felt blessed that I was able to see that from my grandparents before they passed away. So I wanted to not only learn what other couples who had that kind of relationship, but I wanted to learn uh, what – I wanted to be able to share that with other people who felt like I did. And I used three principles that really accelerated the whole process. And, uh, and helped us achieve the results that we wanted much faster than we would have otherwise if we hadn't used these things. And it comes right out of uh, the Napoleon Hill work, Think and Grow Rich. And if you haven't read that book or heard that story, it's a fantastic piece of work. And I'll give you a, a quick background of the story. But around the turn of the 20th century, uh, around the turn of the 21st century, rather, you know, in the early 1900s, Napoleon Hill was a kid. He was working for an, a newspaper company. I just got done reading his biography a few months back, and it's just, just awesome what this guy went through. But he ends up getting a meeting with Andrew Carnegie, who is the richest man at the time. 
in the in the world actually. So he gets this meeting with Andrew Carnegie, and long story short, he says, "Mr. Carnegie, what have you what have you done to amass such wealth? How are you so successful? What you know? What are the secrets?" And Mr. Carnegie says, "Son, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to do better than that." Because you know what? I think that there are actually people all over the world who have these magnificent individuals who have created huge amounts of success in their own lives. And I believe we are all doing something in common, but I don't know what the common factors are. And nobody's ever talked to these people to find out and done the research. And if you're up for it, you little journalist, <laughs> I would love for you to be that guy that went around and interviewed all these people. Well, most people don't know this part of the story. Uh, Andrew Carnegie actually had a stopwatch in his pocket. And once he presented that offer, he said, I want, I'm not going to pay you for this, but I'm going to open my Rolodex, and you will be able to interview the wealthiest, most brilliant people on the planet to collect this information, and I want you to put it into a book that the average person can read and benefit from. Once he presented him with that offer, he started a stopwatch. And he said it took Napoleon Hill exactly 37 seconds to say yes and accept that invitation. And Andrew Carnegie said if it had taken him longer than a minute to say yes, he would have withdrawn the offer from Napoleon Hill. Because he said if it took him longer than a minute to say yes, then he knew that deep down in his subconscious awareness there was hesitation, that his self-image wasn't in alignment with this particular path. He said that successful people take decisions and make and take action quickly because it's in alignment with who they are. So he said that he said yes in 37 seconds, and then he spent the next 25 years researching some of the greatest minds on the planet, some of the most successful people on the planet like uh, Edison, Henry Ford, Rockefeller, Wool Woolworth, three sitting U.S. presidents. I mean the list goes on and on and on. And at the end, what he found out was all these people had six, six things in common. These are six intellectual faculties that we all have that allowed them to create and manifest their success. And it says that these people developed these six intellectual faculties to such a degree, they mastered these things to such a degree that they could create whatever it is they wanted or its equivalent without violating the rights of other people. And so tonight, with the amount of time we have, I'm going to share with you what three of these are, okay? But the three intellectual faculties uh, we are all born with. We're all born with all six of them. And that's why Bob Proctor, I love reading Bob Proctor's work, as many of you have heard him speak many times and have read his stuff. Um, he has a book called You Were Born Rich. And it goes deep into this because we're all born with these intellectual faculties, yet most people don't even know what they are, right? Like we go through school and we learn mathematics, we learn English, we learn science, but we never are taught our intellectual faculties. And these are the things that after when it was all said and done are what govern our ability to achieve and accelerate success. So the first, I'll give you the three and then, and then, uh, and then we'll get into it. The first intellectual faculty is intuition. Intuition is our pipeline to ideas. Ideas are the universe's currency, as my mom Mary Morrissey says. This is how we translate energy into money. 
an idea for a marketing campaign, an idea for a book title, an idea for uh, <laughs> an idea for to go to a seminar, and then at that seminar you have the idea to go get some coffee, and because you're at that coffee station, you meet someone and create a joint venture, or they just happen to be an angel investor, and then boom, you're off and running. These ideas we translate into money, and most people ask the wrong question when they get the idea. Most people will get an idea and they'll ask the question, is this idea good or bad? Is this idea right or wrong? There's a better question to ask. And I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. So I was, I was driving uh, my grandparents. Every Thursday, I would hang out with my grandparents. My grandfather's health was failing. My mom asked me to, to hang out with them because uh, I wasn't really close to my grandparents at this time. I'd moved back to Oregon to get my master's degree. So I'm hanging out with my grandparents every Thursday to get to know them, kind of hang out, and to be quite transparent, this was not something I was excited about doing. <laughs> I was like, oh, mom, they're old, and they chew their food slow, and oh, grandma and grandpa, fine. And so every Thursday I'd roll over to their house, and, and we'd go on some long adventure together. But very quickly, I became engulfed in their story and just enamored with with how they fell in love and the obstacles they overcame. And, and we'd eat at lunch, and I was probing into their relationship. And there was one day we're driving back from this lunch through the woods of uh, the, uh, the Cascade Range in Oregon. These huge evergreen trees, like walls, you know, uh, uh, creating a creating a, like giant walls down the, down the highway and we're flying down the highway and they're telling me their story and it was this holy crap I want to write a book I want to write a book about their story and about the principles of all these couples around the, around the country and this lightning bolt hit me like I'm sure it's hit many of you I'm sure you've had a lightning bolt moment you get inspired you said I want to do this and it resonates in every cell of your being now, never mind the fact that uh, I hadn't passed or barely passed college writing or even high school writing. I hated writing. It was I loathed it. I didn't just hate it. I loathed it. I would avoid it at all costs. Writing. Never mind the fact that I didn't like writing. It wasn't. It was more about the book itself. And so, the question to ask when you get an inspired idea is isn't whether or not it's good or bad or whether or not it's right or wrong, because we know by the law of polarity that it is both good and bad. There is good in it, and there's bad in it, like anything. You know, there are things that are right about it, and there are things that are going to be wrong about it. You know, it's just that we live in a polar world with hot, cold, up, down, in, out. So it is, yes, the answer to that is yes, it is both good and bad. But the question to ask is, if I act on this idea, will it move me in the direction of my dream? If I act on this idea, will it move me in the direction of my dream? And if it will, then you've got to take this first step. You've got to act and act quickly. And that is only the, that is the easiest, hardest thing to do. The easiest, hardest thing to do. And so I started, I, I started in. I started writing down on paper what this book would look like and, and what I, the kind of couples I wanted to interview. And, and I started visioning it out. And I bumped up against the second intellectual faculty, and it stopped me in my tracks because I hadn't mastered it yet. The second intellectual faculty is the faculty of perception. Perception. 
and it's a big one right now. All of us are being asked to harness and cultivate this faculty of perception. Perception is our ability to see things beyond that which they appear to be. See obstacles beyond that which they appear to be and recognize them for what they really are, which are opportunities to grow and expand our life. Many of you on this call are, are, might be feeling pressure, you know, whether it's financial pressure or some other kind of pressure, and might be feeling squeezed a little bit right now or maybe even a lot. And I was reminded by one of my coaches recently that this universe uses a birth canal to bring about new life. And so if you're feeling squeezed right now, it's because something is seeking to be born in you. It's up to us to, to convert that in energy into leverage, to up-level our lives, to expand our, our, our light, brighter levels to give to the world. And so my perception, my perception is, well, shoot, I've never written anything. I can't be an author. I barely passed college writing 101. My perception was, so I can't be an author on marriage because I'm a bachelor. <laughs> Who's going to read a book about marriage written from the perspective of a bachelor, right? My perception was, I'm too young to write this book. I don't have any resources. How am I going to go around the country <clears throat> and interview all these people? I'm working, you know, and I barely have enough money to go out with my friends on the weekends. You know, how am I going to do this? And so I shelved it. I shelved the project. And then I went to Psy 7. <laughs> so let me, let me pause there and say, what questions, what questions come up for you when I, when I, ask, when I ask this? Or what, actually, a better way to ask is, what perceptions are you facing right now that aren't serving you regarding that dream? What perceptions aren't serving you? Because the practice of cultivating the intellectual faculty of perception is to be able to see things beyond which that appear, which, which they appear to be. So I went to Psy 7, and at Psy 7, we, we all, and many of you have experienced it, just transformational. You know, if you haven't, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and, and I started to say, you know what? What if I'm the perfect person to do this book? What if I can get someone else to write it? May, what if I don't have to be the one to actually write it? What if I could get a dream team together to help me write it? I'm great at teaching. I'm great at ideas. Maybe they can help me structure it together. And then what if I'm actually the perfect person to write this even though I'm a bachelor because I am among the generation that watched many of their parents divorce so I can identify with them? You know, what if I'm and 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 what if I'm the perfect person to be able to interview all these old couples cuz I'm I can be young and 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 curious and seeking them out and so they're willing to open up to me maybe more than they would a PhD. You know, and maybe the fact that a bachelor is writing a book on marriage or later it became two bachelors because I went and got my dream team together and invited my best friend who just happened to be a phenomenal writer <laughs> on the team. I said, what if two bachelors writing a book on marriage became a hook? And it was like a great marketing hook that media would want to, uh, to check out. So I started to rework these perceptions that were keeping me stuck. And I dusted off the piece of paper because I'm, I'm saying it was years 
I got the idea for this book, and uh, and it wasn't for, you know, maybe a year, I would say. I let it sit on the shelf, and then I went to Psy 7 and dusted it off. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to start taking action on this. So the question is, how can you reframe the perceptions that, you're look, that you are aware of that aren't serving you? How can you reframe those to serve you? What would it look like? And there, if those perceptions are deeply ingrained, you're going to feel a lot of resistance. And pay attention to that voice that says, oh, I can't, you know, I can't reframe this. This is reality. This is the way it is. You know, well, it's interesting because the quality of questions we ask determine the quality of life that we live. And there can't be a question without an answer. You get to choose whether or not you want to ask a $10 question or whether you want to ask a million-dollar question. The universe doesn't care about size. Size is irrelevant. Size is only relevant to you or I, whether it's big or small. You know, that question is bigger. But to an infinite universe... Right? It doesn't take any more energy to come up with a million-dollar question than it does a ten-dollar question. And the answer then, but the answer will give you a whole different result. So we ended up with we ended up thinking, okay, if we're going to move this forward, if we're going to move this forward, what do we need? And we thought, well, we need a big, you know, we want to get a publisher to publish this book. We want to go around the country to do all this stuff. And uh, and I use sometimes I give this story in like the two hour version, so I'm going to condense it down, and uh, and we're going to zip through because I, I definitely want to do Q and A, um, and be able to uh, to support you guys in in any specific areas that you're wanting to focus. So we ended up going to the Book Expo of America because someone told us to go. We didn't know what we were going to do there. We didn't know you were supposed to show up there with an entire book. All we had was a one sheet. <laughs> for our book, right? We showed up to the Book Expo of America in New York City, 6,000 booths. There were tens of thousands of people there. And we, uh, we started trying to find an agent. We ended up getting one connection using our intuition. We ended up seeing this one booth, found the guy, talked to the publisher. He recommended an agent. We worked with this agent for 10 months writing a book proposal. And she said, after you finish this book proposal, we'll see if we'll take it to the New York publishers to sell it. And uh, if we think it'll sell, we'll sign you. If we don't, then, you know, uh, good luck. And that was right when we first started working together. Ten months, all we did was interview couples, write up stories, and write this book proposal. It was 96 pages by the 10th draft. We, we, uh, we sent back and forth. We got edits from the, from the agent over the 10 months. And by the time it was done, it was 96 pages of awesome. Let me tell you, this thing was solid. She goes, okay, send it over to me. I'm going to let the entire staff read it. I'm going to let the head of the agency read it. If we think it will sell, we'll take it to New York. Stay tuned, you guys. We'll get back to you Monday. We said, great. I went out and celebrated that night with Jason, uh, my co-author and best friend. Monday morning rolls around. We get a call from the agent. She's like, hey, you guys, I got the book proposal. Everybody read it, and it's not very good. So we're going to have to drop you guys. I'm sorry. Click. And it literally felt, it felt like getting kicked in the stomach is what it felt like. And Jason and I looked at each other and said, well, what do we do now? What do we do now? And this is where... You know, a side principle that has really served me well that I'll, that I'll share with you is this is beyond one of the three, but it's stay committed to the vision and flexible on the process. 
because someone asked us, hey, do you need a big-time publisher to finish this book? Because that's why you were working with this agent is to get a publisher. And I knew enough about self-publishing where I said, no, I don't need a, a publisher. You know, we could just self-publish this book. And they said, okay, because is this about a publisher or is this about the message? And I said, this is about the message first and foremost. And they said, okay. Well, then what do you need to do to finish the book so you can get the message out there, regardless of whether or not there's a publisher? And I said, well, we need stories from all across the country. And they said, okay, well, what do you need to go around the country? And I said, well, quite frankly, we need money because I am broke at this point. And they said, all right, all right, well, hmm, resources, resources, okay. You know, if you get sponsors, this is a cool story, two bachelors, right, two bachelors going on a cross-country trip in search of what makes love last, that is a great story. If you could get sponsors, if you could get the media to cover that story, you could get sponsors to pay for it. And so I was like, you can do that? And they said, absolutely. So go and create the perfect trip. Go and create the trip of the, a lifetime. And this was huge for me, and this is what I encourage you to do. Don't paint the vision for your dream based on the resources you currently have. Paint the vision for the dream based on what would I love. That's the question is what would I love? Because you're going to enroll other people most of us can't achieve our dreams without the support of other people, without the encouragement, without the resources, or without the connections of other people. So we built a whole website. We laid out all the stops we would make. We set the itinerary. We even created a, like a trailer for the, for the whole trip, right? And uh, I had a friend who was in PR. She, she forwarded me the, e the uh, phone numbers and emails for Oprah for the Today Show, for Good Morning America, the early show, and all these shows. I literally cold called the Today Show and pitched them the idea. said, we're going, we're two bachelors on a search for America's greatest marriages to find out what makes love last. And she went, whoa, that's cool. Do you have anything online I can look at? I said, sure. She looked online and saw this huge trip, and she was like, wow, this is amazing. We would love to cover you. And I said, well, hang on. And I got Good Morning America on the phone. And within 15 minutes, they were bidding to see who could cover us, not just have us on the show, but cover us as we went around the country in this great big RV, you know. So we ended up picking Good Morning America. And I hung up the phone. I looked at my co-author, Jason, right, my best friend, Jason, and I got really scared. Because here we have Good Morning America going to cover us, and we have no RV, we have no money, we don't have anything yet, and we're six months away from, uh, from leaving on this trip. This brings me to the next intellectual faculty. Okay? The next intellectual faculty is the faculty of will. Of will. Now, I didn't understand this when I was first taught will. When I heard will, I thought, oh, this is your willpower. You know, this is your ability to kind of push your way through. I'm going to will it to happen. And that's not what Napoleon Hill is talking about. Will, in the sense of think and grow rich, is your ability to focus on one thing to the exclusion of all outside distractions. It's your ability, it's like a magnifying glass to the sun. Now, the only difference between ambient light, the light that's in your room right now, and a laser is focus, right? And 
and I love this line, the death of every, you know, if, we're, if you're an entrepreneur, you know what I'm talking about. The death of every great entrepreneur is too many opportunities. It's the disbursement of their focus, and they get working on one thing, they get working on the other thing, and there's never enough energy to launch one of them. Ninety percent of the energy in a space mission is used in the launch, and it would never reach outer space if you had ten space shuttles trying to all launch at once using the same amount of energy. So, so what we did is I literally woke up early every morning. I was on the phones by 7 selling Life Alert just to make ends meet. Life Alert is the button, help I've fallen and I can't get up. So I was, I was selling that to, you know, to, to people who needed it and worked from 7 to 1 doing that just to be able to pay the bills. And then from 1 to 10 at night, we worked on Project Everlasting, which is, which is the name of the book and the name of the, the whole project. And, uh, and I started calling all these sponsors. Well, word to the wise, if you want to get a sponsor for something, you it's best to start more than a year in advance because all these sponsors loved our project, but they had already spent their budget. Their budgets are all allocated more than a year in advance, and I had no idea. This was further out than I had planned anything in my entire life at that point. Six months? Holy moly, right? So <laughs> I ended up calling and getting no, 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 no. We were leaving in six months, five months of calling repeatedly sponsors, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of corporations. There's a, there's a website called sponsorship.com where you can buy a book, and it will give you, I think it's a 1,000 of the most active sponsors, the people who gave the most money last year for, for sponsorships. So we had bought that book, and, uh, and I'm calling all these people. Five months of no's. We were 30 day out. 30 days out from leaving, and we had no sponsors whatsoever. Three weeks out from leaving, all of a sudden, Southwest, or excuse me, uh, 1-800-Flowers comes on board and gives us some money. And because 1-800-Flowers comes on board, then Hilton Hotels come on board. And because Hilton Hotels comes on board, then Platinum Guild of America comes on board and sponsors us and gives us money. And because they're on board, then Southwest Airlines comes on board and gives us some money because they're on board all of a sudden i connect with fleetwood rv and they give us a hundred and fifty thousand dollar brand new rv to go around in the country and and now because we have all this all of this sponsorship right we end up getting a new agent now and the new agent is the william morris agency one of the biggest agencies in la and so I'm coming back from picking up the I'm coming back from picking up the RV and I get a phone call from Good Morning America. Good Morning America says, "Hey Matt, I've got some news for you. Um, are you sitting down?" I said, "Well, yes, I'm driving." <laughs> so I'm sitting down. And he said, "I've got some bad news, man. We're pulling your spot. We're not going to have you on the show." Now, keep in mind that all of these sponsorships were predicated on the fact that we were going to be on Good Morning America four times as we went around the country. So I got sick to my stomach. He basically said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do, and he hung up the phone. I could not keep the tears from coming down my face. You know, I felt like we had had it, we had had it in our hands, and it just slipped right through. Maybe you've been in that spot 
where it all came crashing down, one of the most brilliant questions, remember we said the quality of questions we ask determine the quality of life that we live. One of the most brilliant questions my coach asked me at that point was, all right, Matt, connect to your purpose. Do you need all of these sponsors to go around the country? And do you need the Today Show? And I said, well, no. I could go in my car <laughs> and sell life alert from the road. Like, I did not want to do that, you know. But I got in that place of resource. I was resourcing myself. And I said, okay, I guess I could do that. I could do that. And then the coach said, look, what resources do you currently have that you're not using? What resources do you have that you're not using? And I thought, oh, my gosh, five months ago, the Today Show wanted to cover us too, and we happened to pick Good Morning America. It doesn't mean that they've told us no because we picked the other ones. Maybe they would still want to cover us. So uh, sorry if you hear the the, the um, fire alarm going off over here. <laughs> but uh, I just got married a few like a month ago, and my wife is cooking dinner <laughs> in, the, in the kitchen right now. Are you okay, baby? All right, good. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, so we ended up calling the Today Show, and the Today Show, lo and behold, God willing, was still interested, and they said, "Yeah, we'd have you on." So the game was on. We were on the Today Show. We got with a new agent, and the agent said, "Okay, let me see that book proposal." We sent her the book proposal, and she was like, "This is great, you guys. I don't know what the other agent was talking about." And I was like, yeah, you see, this is good. This was good. And they go, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send the book proposal to all the big publishers. Then have the, we're going to have them read it, then watch you on the Today Show. And then after the Today Show, we're going to try to get some meetings. We'll get probably some mid-sized publishers interested because this is a marriage book, soft topic. Uh, if we get one major publisher interested, that's a big deal. We said, great. So we went on the Today Show. After the Today Show... We had 13 major publishers try to schedule meetings with us. We could only take nine of the biggest publishers in the world because we had to get back to the West Coast and leave on this trip. So we're sitting in Random House with the president of Random House as he's trying to convince us why we should go with his book. I mean, sorry, why, why we should let him publish our book and go with his publisher instead of HarperCollins because Random House has a better marketing department. I was literally pinching myself going, are you kidding me? Like, this is incredible. The book went to auction, which means that four major publishers bid on it, which is what you want because it drives the price way up. And at the end of the day, we ended up going with Simon & Schuster. We got a $156,000 advance for a marriage manual written by two bachelors. And the irony is we, <laughs> the, we uh, on Publishers Weekly, we were actually, a, a whole, a whole uh, article was written about us in Publishers Weekly, which is a big deal if you're an author. And the headline was my old perception that I almost let halt the entire project. Two bachelors get a six-figure advance to write a marriage manual, exclamation point. And then it was this whole story about us. So those three intellectual faculties, again, intuition. Will this idea move me in the direction of my dream? And if it will, then move, act. Perception. What perceptions am I holding that 
aren't serving me in reaching my dream and how can I repurpose those to actually fuel me in my progress. And then number three is will, focus. All we did was stay focused, single-minded on that one goal. We unified our efforts and we launched it in a very, very big way. And if you look at all the great uh, entrepreneurs, that's what they do. They focus on one thing, launch it, and then boom, move to the next. So I, uh, I hope those, you, you're figuring out ways to apply those three principles to your dream, to your project right now. We can deep dive and explore into it. So this is a great uh, opportunity to open up the calls open up the lines if we want to do Q&A. So yep. I'll pass it back to you, Dory, if you want to facilitate that process. Excellent. And I'll tell you, I, once again, I've written just pages and pages of notes. This is fantastic. I'm going to go right to the callers. So if you have a question for Matt, please press the number 1 on your phone, and we will bring you into the call. And in addition, if you want to post a question on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash PSI Seminars, we'll also forward those to Matt as well. So right now, if you have a question, what you'll want to do is press the number 1 on your phone, and we'll put you into the queue, and we will pose that question to Matt. So Matt, as we're waiting for callers to get in line here, I just want to tell you some of the things that came up. I, as I said, I've written pages of notes here. And one of the things that really stood out for me was the, the idea that, you know, as an entrepreneur, that there's so many things coming at you all the time that if you have that entrepreneurial spirit that, you know, you look up and there's 20 things to do in front of you, 20 possibilities, you know, especially if you're in that um, kind of that energy of entrepreneurialism, if you will. And one of the things that I know I find myself challenged by is that how do I get to, you know, the, the will of just sticking to one thing? So that was really a great, you know, a great thing for me to focus on, like the ability to focus on the one thing to the exclusion <laughs> of all others, because I know for me personally that can just be completely crazy. And, so, you know, that, it is huge, especially if, because many of us, um, and I'm sure those listening, you're talented. You have lots of interests. You have lots of passions. You have lots of abilities um, to, to, to do lots of these different opportunities. You know, you mm -hmm. might be working on several businesses. And so a lot of these, uh, a few of my friends are extremely successful and have built multi-million dollar businesses, and they've got a great catchphrase and principle around block time. And if you notice, I didn't do, you know, in, in this particular story, I didn't do, I didn't call uh, nonprofits all day long. I blocked it. I said, okay, starting at 1 o'clock, I'm switching gears, and then it's all about this until 10 o'clock at night because that was the only other project I had at the time. So the, the challenge is many of us, you know, will start working on a project for one thing, and then we'll get a phone call about a separate project, or we'll get an email that comes in that, you know, feels urgent, so we've got to take care of it right away, or we'll get on Facebook, or we'll get a text, and it's like our, our attention is scattered all over the place. So they said during block time, let's say you're writing a book, you know, turn off the phone, shut down your browser, turn everything off, don't take any phone calls, let it, all of that will be there for you when you're done with this particular section of time, two, three hours, whatever you're going to write, maybe it's even an hour, you know, whatever you can, and that's all you focus on, and then boom, you shift gears and focus on, uh, focus on the next thing. I love that. And, that's and awesome. That, yeah. 
Awesome. Well, we have a caller that I'd like to bring in. So, Craig, you are on the line. Uh, what is your question for Matt? Hello? Craig? You might be on, I think you might have yourself on mute still. Okay, so we're going to switch to another caller real quick, and we'll come back to Craig in just a moment. So, Mayra? Myra. Myra, hi. Welcome Hello. to the call. Yes, hi. And what hi, is your I'm calling you Matt? all the way. Well, Matt, I'm calling you all the way from Santa Cruz, Bolivia, where I am a missionary helping the kids, the street kids here. But I'm also a writer, and I had the problem or the situation, the challenge where they were fighting for my book, and then all of a sudden they didn't want it. And it, it was so disheartening that I'm glad to hear what you have to say and uh, thanks to that I'm going to be picking it up but as a woman and as a mom and as a missionary I have four young children it's difficult to stay focused Matt and so I'm just wondering if there's any other tip you could give uh, moms who want to write that book or want to do that special project absolutely and Myra bless your heart for being in Bolivia and being a, a missionary I, huge kudos to you and your passion. And uh, I know, I don't know firsthand, but I watched my sister's got three small kids, and she's an entrepreneur. And my my brothers in the same city, you know, all their kids are under 10 years old, and they're just crazy rambunctious. And so I know that it can be a, a a challenge to find time to work on your project. And what I would suggest is two things really helped me. One was I wrote out my why. I was doing what I wanted to do and taped it up next to my bed so I could see it every morning. And I'll tell you that we're human, and some days we're more, pa some days we're more passionate than other days. And some days we're motivated, and other days it's like it takes a lot just to get out of bed. And the last thing we want to go do is carve out time and plop our butt in the chair and, and write. But there's, uh, having that why by the bed that you can read every morning will help fire, kindle that fire, it'll help fuel it up and give you motivation. The second thing is create a habit, create a pattern. You know, you've created all sorts of patterns in your life for getting the missionary work done, being able to attend meetings, getting your kids, you know, there probably doesn't go a day where, uh, depending on how old your kids are, where you don't make time to make them breakfast. That's the pattern and the, the priority that you've given to that particular task because it's of high value to you. So take a look at what you have going on in your lives and carve out a pattern where you'll say, hey, this particular time is the time when I'm going to write. And it's non-negotiable. And you maybe do a play date with another mom. So she takes your kids during that time, and then you take her kids during a different time. And now you've got that particular two hours to write, and you make the most of it. Or maybe when they go to bed at night, you stay up late, and you say, you know what? I'm going to, for the next 30 days, I'm going to create this particular time to write. And, uh, and it creates something that I call mental momentum. You know, when I, sometimes when we first start something, like if we start working out again, it's real tough. And it's, oh, there's all this extra energy that goes into it. But once you start getting that pattern flowing, the ideas come much more readily. Because your subconscious mind knows, hey, boom, you know, Myra's got, it's 10 o'clock, Myra's, it's Myra's writing time. And those ideas start percolating. And, uh, and, they'll, and they'll come much faster. Thank you. Great ideas. 
Thank you, Myra, so question, much for Myra. being. Yeah, excellent question, and thank you so much for being on the call tonight, especially from somewhere else in the world. I mean, it's so exciting to have people on the call <laughs> from around the world. So thank you very much for your call. Okay, so uh, Matt, that was great, and I love the whole create uh, some mental momentum. You know, I think about, well, let's just talk about releasing weight. You know, it's kind of like if you can get a little bit of that weight released, you know, it, it seems like you can build some momentum into, you know, really getting to a result that you want to get to. It, it's like, you know, just staying focused and doing it long enough to, to feel a little bit of that mental momentum. I love that. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the first time we go to the gym after we've had a long break, yeah. the first couple of times is, Usually the second time we hit it back is harder than the first because the first we're, we're motivated and the second we're like, oh, man, I, I'm going to go back to the gym. Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's really great. Okay, so we have Bonnie on the line tonight. Bonnie, what is your question for Matt? Bonnie? Hello? <laughs> okay. All right, let's see. We've got well, a... Bonnie's like, you know what? I'm just going to go write right now. I'm going to write yeah. my book. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. We're I am go... motivated. Exactly. We're going to go to Stephanie. Stephanie? Hi, can you hear me? We sure can. Welcome to the call this evening. What's your question for Matt? Well, actually, I don't really have a question. I just wanted to thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm 21, and I'm starting my own business while I'm going to school and working, and I've done the basics, so I'm doing a lot of like self-discovery. And I just wanted to say thank you for all this information. I'm kind of just taking it all in. And, um, yeah, I really, really appreciate it. Excellent. Well, it's my pleasure, Stephanie. I'm happy to serve. That's what I'm here for, and, and thank you for being part of this community. You know, I really feel like that's what makes it such a beautiful place to be plugged into is, are the people that show up and support one another and encourage each other. And, uh, and so I appreciate you being on the line. Thank you so much. And I guess I'll have like one quick question. Um, sure. I'm, I'm going to college right now, and I'm just really busy with um, – I have that commitment. Um, I've started my own business with um, a health company, and I've been really wanting to focus and do that because I feel like that's my calling. Um, what is like your one tip for, I feel a little bit conflicted with something that I've been committed to, I have to finish out school, but at the same time, my, what I want to do is taking more time, I don't have the time for it. Do you have any tips or recommendations, um, being an entrepreneur yourself, as to like, what's one thing you can do to stick it out? So are you you are convinced and committed to sticking out school while you're doing this uh, this business? Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah, I feel like I've invested so much in it already. I mean, I'm in my senior year. I have another year and a half. And so it's hard, though, because I feel like I'm waiting. Where I'm at the point where, you know, I want to act, and I want to act now on it, and I just feel stuck because I have to kind of wait for school to finish. Yes. Yeah, I would – I'll give you a, a technique that my grandmother actually taught me. And uh, basically what you do is mentally move forward in your life 15 years, okay? And I want you to imagine 
that you are exactly where you want to be 15 years from now? You said you're 21, right? So you'd be 36. Yeah. You're 36 years old. Maybe you're maybe you're married. You're super successful. You've got a huge house, lots of money. You're doing exactly what you want to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, from that beingness, from that mental state, and that it helps also if you can emotionally put yourself there. What does that feel like? You know, you're confident. You're powerful. You're relaxed. You're generous because you've got so much flow in your life. Now I want you to think back to the 21 version, 21 year old version of Stephanie, and you're a senior, and you're in college. What do you wish you would have done with your time as a senior, if it's already done? Begin with the end of mine. Ask, what do I wish I would have done? How how am I grateful that I spent my time my senior year? What was of real value? Because I'll tell you what, Stephanie. I blew my senior year. <laughs> my senior year, I I got I graduated cum laude. I graduated with honors as a as pre med, and there was no reason for me to graduate with honors. I'm probably going to get drilled by parents telling you this, right? But there was no reason for me to graduate with honors. I passed up on so much life because I had my nose in the books, and I I I should have had more fun with my friends in college. Looking back, like I wish I had had more fun. Now that's coming from a guy who studied and studied and studied and wanted, you know, uh, chose that route. So you have, so what, what does that version, that version might say, look, honey, you've got the rest of your life to work. Soak up this experience where you are in college. Study, learn as much as you can, but in a way that sticks and, and feels good, you know. Um, I don't know what that version is going to tell you, but that if you get in a mental and emotional state of 15 years from now when it's all said and done and you're living the life you would love to be living, listen to that woman because she's wise. Wow, awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Stephanie, for being on the call tonight. That was an excellent uh, question. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, so it looks like we are at the end of our call, Matt, and what I would love is if there's any like closing remarks, if you want to share anything with everyone before we go. I'm, I just want to tell you I am so grateful for you being on the call tonight. It was a fantastic call, and I know that the graduates and guests that are on the call tonight um, just or would say the same thing that I'm saying to you. Um, you, you know, I just love your passion. It comes across, and um, it's it's definitely infectious. Like I feel my energy level has gone up like 20 notches <laughs> since we started the call. So I really thank you for that. And uh, if you'd like to add any closing remarks, we'd love to hear it. Sure, and you know my intention is always to serve, and I have received so much. From from Sai, and I wouldn't be where I am today if Sai hadn't shown up. And and you know, and I know how hard it is to con- to put on seminars and enroll people and do it all of that kind of stuff. And I'm just so grateful that they held the vision and created a space for the different times where I was able to come and allow them to pour into me and receive. And so um, you know, just encourage everybody, and I'm grateful everybody to have been 
to be plugged into this community because the environment that that creates is just fantastic. And, uh, and so I know Principia's coming up. That's always a blast, and I've been a couple times. So um, if you haven't been to that, you know, and I, it's something that uh, you definitely should check out as well. But my intention always is to serve. And so the, the, lesson, the lesson that I want to leave you with or the last message is really this, that there is, there is something that's on your heart right now. It's a dream. It's a desire. You know, our dreams speak to us as both the longing for something that we want or the discontent of what is. You know, that's how it communicates to us. And so wherever you are, I want you to know that this is your time. This is your time right now. That it's that your dream isn't going to start uh, a year from now or when something else happens, but your dream is happening right now. And so I encourage you to take action to create it wherever you are in your life that this is it. This is your time. Step forward. Create it. Receive it because you deserve it. You wouldn't have the idea if you weren't resourced to be able to manifest this and bring this forth. And if you didn't deserve it, you would even have been blessed with the idea in the first place. So I encourage you to move forward and, uh, and accomplish it, and I'm wishing you all the very, very best. So, and I look forward to, to plugging in again soon. Thank you, Matt, so much. And in closing for the call, I want to thank everyone who's taken the time out with us this evening to be on the call. And if you want more information about SI Seminars, you can go to psiseminars.com. And once again, we would love for you to join the conversation with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SciSeminars. So be watching your email and looking for the upcoming seminar or the upcoming teleconference call that we'll have next month. And in addition, you will be looking for the Insights newsletter around the 1st of October. So thanks again, and we hope you have a fantastic evening.